Hello and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. That's right. We are here for episode 30. And you know, you know, when you hit those, that new decade, that new set of double digits, you've got to do something big. You've got to do something amazing. You've got to have an awesome guest for your podcast. And Kate, who do we have joining us today? Oh, I get to say it. This is like the best. Okay. Today we have former Seahawks linebacker K.J. Wright on the episode. Yes, we do. And we're going to be talking with K.J. about his favorite thing about living in the Pacific Northwest, yep. kind of talking about his family, yep. maybe what a um, you know a secret hidden hobby or talent is of K.J.'s. Uh, yes, yes. These are all things that are possible. And we're also going to ask K.J. Uh-huh about his interview that he had had on the half forgotten history podcast mm -hmm. where he mentioned that he wants to come back to seattle and play oh my we do dive in a little bit deeper with kj on that mm -hmm. on that topic and we're excited to share that information with you all too today yep so let's dive in we're gonna go ahead over to our special guest segment and introduce to you seattle seahawks former linebacker kj wright enjoy Coming up next All right, we are here with KJ Wright, former yes. Seahawks linebacker. Mm -hmm. KJ, mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming on the podcast as special guest for episode 30. Yes. Yes. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me. I, I do want to make note that the first time I met you was at the um, Field to Table event at Lumen, and it was my 30th right. birthday. So episode 30 seemed like <laughs> episode 21 for. Uh, yes. Special year. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. So, you know, we like to open up with some really fun questions when we have special guests on and specifically being the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We do like to ask each guest, what is your favorite thing about living in the Pacific Northwest? A few things. Being from Mississippi and coming to the Pacific Northwest, it's uh, the scenery is a little different. Yeah. And so, and so just coming up here, I remember when I was on my plane ride, just seeing the beautiful mountains. I started skiing. And so I, I enjoy skiing and seeing beautiful Lake Washington and just um, I was wakeboarding. I started wakeboarding. And so just the beautiful nature that it has to offer and just to get outside and do fun stuff. You, you just can't beat this nature up here. I agree. Yeah. I've been, I was born and raised here. So like, I think you take it for granted a little bit when this is just the environment. Yeah. For me growing up, I'm, it's flatlands, um, cows and horses you know, it, it's not too much to offer, but if we got to go fishing in ponds and, but to come up here and have the lake and the Puget right up the road where you go whale watching, it, it's, uh, it's pretty cool up here. Yeah, it is. It is beautiful. So uh, we're glad you love it. Uh, I do. What, what is an activity that you love to do with your family? So right now my kids are, my kids are growing, my kids are getting older. And so what we love to do is I'm, I'm just a sports dad. My oldest mm. is a volleyballer. So we, we're going to Reno, Utah, Spokane, just traveling all across the country, just supporting her and just doing the volleyball thing. My, my five-year-old is a track. He just started track. So we're doing track basketball. So pretty much just doing sports with my family and just anything that's around Seattle. We, we go to attend the bite of Seattle, um, just go to the sports games up here and, um, just, just really have a good time. How good are you at volleyball? Are you giving your daughter some comp? I'm, I'm so good at volleyball. 
but she doesn't listen. She doesn't. She doesn't think I know what I'm talking about because I didn't. I didn't play. I'm like Ariana. I I know sports. I play beach volleyball. I play like backyard volleyball with my family. I know what I'm talking about, but I'm not the coach, so I I don't have any rank. So <laughs> kind of how that works. Like, that? it's like that's kind of how it works. Like your dad's a professional football player at the NFL level, and you're sitting here being like, no, you don't know nothing about you know. And and, and I tell her, I said I have the blueprint. I have the blueprint to athletics. I I, I know what it looks like. So just just trust me. And so hopefully I have better luck with my, my other two boys. So mm-hmm. I love it. So <laughs> what's your favorite thing about being a dad? Like what, what's your, what's the thing about it that you enjoy the most? I mean, literally everything, just from the time they're being formulated in their mom's womb, just talking to them, they're kicking you through the belly. And when they're born, that's just hands down the probably the best experience of my life, just seeing your kids being born and just um, grooming them, teaching them to read, teaching them to walk, helping them with their homework, um, just taking them to practice, just everything. And so it, it's truly a blessing to be in this position I am with my three beautiful kids and um, yeah, working on another one. So make that happen. That's exciting. <laughs> right. It's exciting. It's exciting for me. You tell my wife a fourth child, she'll she'll lose her mind. So oh. <laughs> it's exciting for me. Yeah. Well, that that's great. That's that's an awesome answer. Um, and you you know you just mentioned some of your other like sports skills and stuff, but um, what would be like a hidden skill or hobby or talent that you have that not many people know about? I'm a chess master. I, I, I play chess. Pretty much every day on um, my phone, uh, it's an app called Chess with Friends. So I literally play every day. And I only learned about three years ago. Oh. And it's funny, my, my daughter, she's the one that introduced me to it. And mm. so um, I play chess every day. I love it. I'll challenge anyone in a game of chess. <laughs> um, do y'all play? Um, I know how a little bit. Like, I'm not great, but I know how a little bit. And some of the some of the kids I work with, um, they've learned how to play chess. And so we have some chess stuff in our classroom and so they'll try to like be like miss crabtree we play chess with us and stuff and i'm like all right like let's give it a try. They, you know they sometimes beat me but it's cool i'm fine with it yeah, yeah. <laughs> for covid um kate had this like mat that was like a chess board mat and she brought yeah, it from school. yeah yeah and uh so we over covid and working from home and stuff we we're trying to get into lots of like board games and stuff so mm-hmm. It's one of those things for me that like I can play it when I've been playing it, but then like if it's been a minute, I have to like reintroduce myself to like play. <laughs> right. So yeah. I it's, it's, a, it's a lifestyle for me. Mm. It's a lifestyle. Okay. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. I love that fact. That's so cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, diving into a little bit of like football talk here. Um, mm-hmm. there are a handful of your plays that I would like call my favorite that you've had. Um but I'm really curious, what are some of your favorite plays that you've made? Or is there one that stands out amongst like all of them that you could be like, that's one I'm not going to forget that I've made? All right. My all-time favorite play was my eighth year in the NFL. And remember, that's the year that I hurt my knee. So mm-hmm. I didn't play much that year, but was playing the Dallas Cowboys in the playoff game. Mm-hmm. And they were running this play. And I was like, hmm, this, this looks a little familiar. I felt like I've seen this play about to come before. So this is a play where they ran the fake crunch. It's a fake run play. And they throw it to the receiver in the corner of the end zone. And so um, I called it out when the motion came. And I just took off running to where the receiver was. 
tipped the ball and bounced around in my hands a little bit. And I caught the interception against the Cowboys in the playoff game. And so that was my few, mm-hmm. that was my favorite play for a few different standpoints, just um, playoff game. I didn't play all year. I was hurt. And for me to make that play in front of my family, who uh, we all grew up Cowboys fans. So oh, yeah. about 20, 25 people at the game to do that play in front of them was hands down my favorite play. I got goosebumps right now. I, <laughs> I think about how well, and this is how well you are able to diagnose what's happening on the mm-hmm. offense. And right. as a defensive player, that's so important being a leader on the team right there in the middle of the field and defense. Um, what would you say is like, does it slow down the longer you're in the league to where you really start recognizing that a lot more? Is that just like mm-hmm. something that's kind of built in you that you're able to recognize those different mm-hmm. ways? I truly believe that this is a gift from God. Like it's something that's just, it just comes really natural to me. Just the feel for the game and just see stuff before it happens. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of, I kind of been like that since I was in high school. And so just to have a natural feel for the game, understand what's about to happen. And then you add the film study on top of that. And so just watch film, see what guys do. And what the in the Cowboys game, they stole that play from the Cardinals the week before. So you give me seven days to see a play, I'm going to remember it. And, and, and so um, it's, it's just cool to study the game, get a feel for it, and just get in that groove and that flow state. And then, you know, that's how you make your plays. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm interested to see what y'all got a favorite a favorite play how about y'all. I'll let my hand take this one. I'm for sure because she's gonna she's gonna be able to do it better than me. <laughs> for me, actually, it was uh, you guys were playing. It was Seattle was playing um, the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, and Kyler Murray. We know he can take off with the ball at any given mm-hmm. moment. Right. I believe he rolled out to his left, and you mm-hmm. were right there, and your patience with him as he was, it was like, he was going to try to take you. He's still behind the line of scrimmage and yeah. you're patiently, like you're not feeding into wherever he's going. And I remember he went more. there was no scrambling for a yeah. first on that one, just how well you read that play and how quickly you got there and how just patient you were. Like you weren't, Oh man, there was something about that play for me that every light, every player that's on defense should watch just with how, mm. mm-hmm how you diagnosed it and then how you decided to, to play that. Um, And and of course there's also that, you know, some people call it the statue of Liberty interception that you had. You just like snag that out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, this is just, you know, another day out in the field, having fun. And I think that that's what it is. Right. It's just like, there's something to be said about how well you, how comfortable you look on the field and how well, you know, the game that makes you in my mind, an elite linebacker in this league, mm-hmm. you still have plenty of years ahead of you that you could, <laughs> could give to a team if you desired, right. if you desire right. that. Um, and I think also in terms of your character and your leadership style, any team could really benefit from having you in the locker room. Mm-hmm. You yeah. should be, you should be a GM. You should be a GM <laughs> and then create your own team. Cause you know, I, I totally agree. And it's funny, people believe that those plays on Sundays just happen. They don't, they don't happen. That play with Kyler Murray that, that you brought up. Carlos Dunlap and myself was talking about that play all week. We was talking about if we get Kyler Murray in the open field, this mm-hmm. is what he likes to do. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And this is going to be our plan for when, when we're in that situation. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Lo and behold, 
was it Sunday night, Thursday night football? Yeah. Primetime. Colin Murray got the ball in the open field. And I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Got him down. And so just, just watching film, talking to your teammates, collaborating on a plan. That's mm-hmm. how cool stuff happens on, on game day. Mm-hmm. That's so amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's my favorite, I would say, is the Kyler Murray yeah. takedown. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Well, so you had mentioned, like, you know, how you've been kind of doing some of this since high school. And then, you know, there's college and then there's like NFL and everything. So what's what do you think is the most difficult part of making that transition from playing at the collegiate level to the professional level? Right. I mean, when when you come into the pros, this is a, it's a grown man's league. I mean, mm-hmm. you're dealing with 30 year old man that this, this is their job. This is a livelihood. Yeah. To to feed their family that you're not in college anymore. You don't have anyone to hold your hand and make sure you go to class or, mm. or you know, recruiting you to come play. You know, this is a cutthroat business. Mm. So a lot of guys fail to understand that it's like when you come here from day one, you're on a job interview mm. and it's the elite of the elite. <laughs> and so it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to, to play yeah. in this league for a long period of time. You have to be a professional on and off the field. And some guys, when they come in, they come in a little bit. They don't come as prepared as they should be. They don't mm. take the job as serious as they should. But as far as their playbook, as far as their diet, as far as coming mm. in the building early, this, this is a holistic approach that you got to come when it comes to making this, making this football team and then making a great career out of it, then making some money out of it. And so yeah. um, the quicker guys can understand that, the, the better. But for some guys, it just takes a little too long. And if you wait too long enough, you know, they go find a way to get you up out of there. Yeah. So I, and that's, yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So with that being said, like, how do the veteran players help to impact the development of like those rookies that are coming into camp or just out of the draft or that kind of thing? Yeah, that's that's what I think most rookies should do. Find you someone in the building that's done it. Find mm-hmm. someone that's that you're cool with, have a relationship, preferably in your position group, that you can that can show you the ropes. Oh, this guy's been playing for five, six years, had a great career. Let me see what he does on a daily basis to get where where he's done. And so it's veterans, you know, responsibility to to um help guys coming into league because some people helped me, mm-hmm. right? And so when I saw what Ryan Tannehill said the other day, I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. are, are you serious? Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, we know that it's a competition. That's understood. There can only be one quarterback. At the end of the day, if something were to happen to you during the season, you want this young man to be prepared mm. to get y'all to the playoffs. Then when you come back, you know, get your spot back or, or maybe not. And so it's just, this is the NFL. We know it's hard, but it's still, we want to keep it as family as possible. Yeah. Just help guys along the way. Cause that's just what life is about in general. Mm-hmm. And I think about the team mentality that has to come into play. Like you said, if you go down, don't you want your team to be successful? Don't you want them to, to continue to go on and to win games? You know, the, yeah. more that I, the more that I think about it, maybe some guys don't, maybe, maybe they don't want the team to be successful. Maybe they're like, Hmm, they need me. So mm. maybe I don't want them to be successful. So to show that I'm I'm a very important piece to this puzzle. Mm. But you know, and you mentioned earlier, <laughs> like that how cutthroat this business is, that NFL yeah. business. So how do you balance that as a player, right? You as a player to right. say, like, I need to number one, I have a family to take care of. This is my livelihood. 
Mm-hmm. I'm putting a lot of my effort, my time, my energy into making sure that I'm the best mm-hmm. that I have to offer on a team. But then to also say, you know, I guess, I guess it's a character aspect of like, I care about other people and I care about the team. So I'm not going to like, there's a way to balance that out. How would you balance that out? I just, I can only tell you how I operate. I operate with, I give, I give what I, what I have in my system. I give you what I know. I give you what I've learned over the years. Mm -hmm. And if you can beat me out, then, you know, more power to you. But at the end of the day, it's just, it's just, it's just simple humanity in my eyes. Like, Hey, that's what I know. Jordan Brooks, for example, right. Came in first round pick linebacker, everybody, all the writing was on the wall. Okay. This dude's going to probably come in here and play my position. What do I do? Do I say, do I be a jerk and say, Hey, it's not my job to tell Jordan what to do. It's not my job to teach him. Or that'd be like, I'm telling what I know, mm-hmm. we'll collaborate on ideas. Hey, this is what I've seen over the years. If you're in this situation, do this, do that. And you look at Jordan now, mm-hmm. um, Phenomenal two years, about to take off to his third year. And that's just that's just that's just ball. That's just that's just how it, how the game goes. And so that's how I operate. That's how Bobby operated when guys came in. Sherm operated the same way. Any DB came in. I'm gonna show you how to step kick. I'm gonna show you my technique. I'm gonna teach you this. That's just that's just the environment that we had in Seattle. Mm-hmm. That's a culture. That's a testament to the culture that exists there. Mm-hmm. And it, it it was interesting to hear what Ryan Tannehill said. Um, yeah. And maybe part of that's feeling threatened. Like again, Malik Willis mm-hmm. coming in, maybe mm-hmm. feel threatened. But <laughs> yeah, again, there's also something to be said about the legacy that you can leave, even if you're no longer in that position. Because mm-hmm. if you're sitting here and you're helping coach up, I think about this all the time. I think about Cody Barton, Ben Burke, Kervin. Mm-hmm. How much you know they've said between playing underneath you and Bobby, and how much that they took from that or they valued that. Mm-hmm. that you're feeding into the next generation of players right. that will come or play after you. And that's right. part of your legacy, because if you're right. so skilled at what you're doing and then they come in when it's their time to step up and there, yes, there, it might be some of their foundational skill. They've put in the work, they put in the time, mm-hmm. they're a skilled player, they're knowledgeable, but they've also soaked up the knowledge from experienced players. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of it that that's also a testament to the players that played you know, in the depth ahead of them, yeah, that pushed them up. So, um, yeah, that's just it's 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 a replacement league. We know that guys come in; they want to get cheaper, younger, faster. Mm-hmm. And so, when guys do come in, okay, <clears throat> I maybe I need this push to raise my game to the next level. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need a little extra looking over my shoulder, like, damn, is it? Now let me, let me tighten up. I was comfortable, but let me tighten up. Then mm-hmm. that raises your game. Then you got somebody to groom and to to show and to show on practice field. Hey, I'm nice. You you, you just stay back there, all right? That's just, <laughs> just how it goes. Yeah, raise your game and, and just keep your spot. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> if you could give any words of advice to the rookies coming into the league about how to man- manage their like mental and emotional well being as they mm-hmm. transition to a larger spotlight, social media, things coming at them. Like what piece of advice would you give to those rookies coming in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're seeing a a lot of um, mental mental health, uh, guys, uh, emotions, you know, getting the best of them. And so for Mm -hmm. what I suggest to those guys is the best thing you can do is to talk about it. That's that's my advice. You got there's so many of us in that building. And a lot of us go through the same things. We go through similar things, whether it's with family, whether it's with um, injuries. We Mm -hmm. all are 
are in the same family or in the same boat. And so just talk to your teammates. We have therapists on site that's, that's in the building. Talk to talk to them. They, they won't share a single word with the coaches. And so just um, talk to your teammates, talk to people inside the building to help, you know, get those thoughts out of your brain. Just get them out, get advice on how to, to solve it and how to handle it. And that's just, you know, we're family and that's what we're here for. I like that advice. You know, I'm a psych major from WSU, so I like to highlight the mental health aspect of it because I know that it's only getting more and more um, important to discuss, especially with social media. I mean, the things that people say on social media, I know, you know, you can kind of drown it out as much as you can, but good God, if you have right. one bad play, it's, it's lingers with you longer than you need it to, you know, you hey, can't. I, during, there was one year I was playing I wasn't playing good. I wasn't playing good at all. And the comments were, they were heavy on Twitter. You know what I did? I got rid of my Twitter. I'm like, I'm not about to be looking at this mess. Let me, let me, let me take a break from Twitter. Let me, let me remove these thoughts from, from my vicinity. And you just, you just stay over there. And so, um, you gotta just protect your mental health. You gotta protect your brain and just keep that stuff out of your system. Because when you see that stuff, it is definitely uncomfortable. Imagine somebody writing y'all all the time. Mm-hmm. You suck, uh, get out of here. That's like, yeah, people say words on her. No, this stuff is not fun to hear. Yeah. So this, you know, you're talking about me. And so um, I just had to remove myself from certain situations, just get off, take a break and just protect my, protect my space. Yeah. I think that kind of advice, especially for the rookies coming in, because it is a different kind of larger uh, environment, right? Like that's probably a really good thing for them. So, mm-hmm. with, and I'm guessing with that kind of thing within the team, that really helps to maybe build some like trust and relationship and thing like that, things like that. So in terms of like um, the rookie mini camps and the OTAs mm-hmm. and things like that, like how, how does all of that help to kind of create that foundation for those relationships, for that trust and everything? But that, that's, that's where the foundation starts going to OTAs, going to, going to mini camp. That's when you start building relationship with guys. That's when you start getting chemistry with, with you guys yeah. to trust. Like, how does this person play? Or, you know, mm-hmm. how does Puna four like to play this certain play? And then we just learn to play off each other. We learn to communicate mm-hmm. and that's just where it all starts. And so you just start there, going to OTAs, go to mini camp, come into training camp, same thing. You keep building, you keep building, and then you take off into the season. Mm. And so it, it's all super important. That's why last year, or yeah, last year was so hard for me. Didn't have OTA, didn't have a mini camp to gel with the guys to see how my body's feeling and to just go right into it is it, not easy. Yeah. So um, OTAs and mini camps, that stuff is, is critical if you want to build a championship team that season. Yeah. Do those, do those feel more like the guys on the team are like competing with each other or more like just supporting and trying to build each other up. We are, we're competing, we're competing. And, but it's, it's not like I'm competing. It's, it's, it's tricky to explain. It's understood. It's understood. I'm out here to play. No one could enter this building. Like, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm about to ride the bench. Yeah. But we're not, we're not climbing over each other to, hmm. to get a starting spot. We're doing our thing, playing hard, talking our smack. And whatever happens, it's going to happen. Mm. So we're all in it together. We're all having fun, but it's understood. I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. And that's to be out there on Sundays making plays. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what does the offseason look like for a lot of the players in the league? Um, and, you know, what, what does that day-to-day look like? Even yeah. For you? 
in the off season? Well, for me, I take a month off. I just took a month off and just chill, relax, don't do a single thing. And a lot of guys, it's, it's got, a lot of guys are different. Like you're in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You're not staying in Green Bay once the season ends. You're probably going to go to Florida, California, go to your hometown or something. But for me, I stay put. I love it up here. It's super mm-hmm. cool. And so you just relax and let your body unwind. But then it's your job. And so it's funny. OTAs is really around the corner once the season ends. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys just start slowly back training. I start off with a little yoga, a little Pilates, a little light footwork. And then you start building and building to get ready to go into um, to get an OTAs to make sure you're in shape for that. And so it's a lot of traveling. I, I get a trip in every off season, go somewhere right when the season ends, go somewhere during spring break to just, you know, just stay balanced. What's your favorite place you've gone to? In the world? You have a favorite place or is that too hard to answer? Oh, that's, that's not hard. <laughs> um, Kenya is probably my favorite place. On, on the continent that place is amazing wow. just um you talking about some nature just um that's that's the real nature right there where animals live in that habitat and you just you're you're one with 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 nature out there and so just the people the food the culture um it, it was really awesome yeah cool. been twice yeah i've been nice. twice and, I, and you, I, do, I, you do community work you've done community work I, yep i built two wells out there right yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I recently this year went to Israel, hmm. and, um, just saw the Holy Land, saw where, saw where Jesus wow. was. And, um, that was special. I'm going back there next year. Wow. Yep. So I try to I try to get out the country a little bit. <laughs> that is uh, that is awesome. Okay. Um, so you've been in the league for a little while here. And so what's something that you've experienced or learned from your time? in the NFL that you kind of wish people had a better understanding of? Mm-hmm. I wish, I wish that guys coming into the league had a better understanding of the power of networking with people mm-hmm. in the community and, you know, across the league, just understand like there's, we have access to a lot of people in this world, CEOs, um, you know, other a- top athletes across the country, basketball yeah. players, just the power of networking to help guys, first of all, with what your craft is right now. But when you get ready to transition out of the league, you have, you know, so many people that could help you uh, transition to much more smoothly than if you just didn't know anyone. And so Mm -hmm. just go to these meetings that that your teams put on, meet people, do stuff outside of football, Mm -hmm. right? That you love and are interested in because it's not gonna last forever. This mess is going in one day. And so just find other things you love to do and just network along the way. I know, I work at a high school in Tacoma and I work as a college prep advisor. I support students um, at the high school there. And I tell them one of the most important things you can do as soon as you can is to begin to network, network with people and the positions and the places that you want to be and where you want to go. And Mm -hmm. the sooner you do that, you know, personal branding is important. Networking is important. I don't think I've ever gotten a job where it wasn't because, you know, I didn't, I had to know somebody that, somebody or, you know, so I would say that that goes for. It's about who, you you know, and it took, it took me a while to understand that it really took me a while. And, you know, you just look at yourself like I'm this person. I can just, if I want, you know, if I want this job or if I want this opportunity, I can just go apply for it. But it's the the world is different. You got to know people to get certain foots in the door and um, so talk as many people as you can and just meet, you know, just meet everyone you, you possibly can. 
Um, to kind of, you know, wrap up this conversation, cause I could probably talk to you for mm-hmm. a little longer. <laughs> um, I have to bring this up because it was released. Um, I believe it was yesterday that you had an interview with, uh, the half forgotten history podcast. And you mentioned that you want to come home and play for Seattle yes. at you know, you don't want to pick up and have to be away from your family. You don't want to make them move to go anywhere else and be anywhere else but the Pacific Northwest yeah. here in Seattle. Have you had conversations? <laughs> I think it's probably not. It's fine. It's uh, fine. I, I, it would be wrong of me not to ask. <laughs> you funny. This is this about to be breaking news. I know. Trust me, I don't have any insider uh, sources or anything. So I'm just a girl that loves to talk sports and, you know, <laughs> great audience here. So I can, I can tell you this, I can tell you this. Um, I'm going to stay ready okay. until I'm, I'm like, I'm going to stay ready. I'm going to stay ready. I'm going to stay ready. And, but it's, it's going to be when it comes down to it, like I said earlier, I'm not, I'm not, I don't see myself going anywhere else. I don't see mm-hmm. myself taking my family anywhere else. And so they know where my heart is. They know, then, you know, you're about to you're about to go into a, a new kind of a new era. And mm-hmm. I get it if I don't come back because, you know, new era was going to start right here. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I totally get that. But they need someone in their building to you know help with the younger guys, show them, the, show them the way I'm your guy. And so we'll see the balls in the balls in their court. So that's how you see yourself kind of fitting into their potential future plans here, because it does feel very much like a rebuild for Seattle and not, not necessarily a rebuild from the ground up. I mean, just kind of like making sure that the pieces that they're now putting in, it feels mm. different moving forward. I, than I, I like the word renovation. Like, renovation. You, know, like you know, you renovate your house and yeah. we need new floors. We need a new, a new cabinets. <laughs> We're literally doing that this summer and all of our flooring came last night and we had to haul all of it in ourselves because they couldn't get it down our driveway. Yeah. So yes, we know what to renovate. Yeah. I wouldn't say, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say rebuild because when you say rebuild, I feel like people may think it's going to be a terrible season. They're going to win three or four games. I think they're going to be way better than that. They're going to be better than that. I don't know. So the renovation. So that's so you kind of see yourself stepping in as a leader, as 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 somebody who has been in Seattle, knows the culture. You have great locker room presence and character, great skill set on the field. Mm. Like mm. really, what like how do you see yourself fitting in with their future plan? Like if if they were to say KJ, come back. Yeah, even when it comes to playing, even when it comes to playing ball, if you Cody and Jordan are amazing. And so they're, they're going to probably be the guys. If you need someone to just, if, you know, they get tired or whatever, come in or something happens, hey, KJ, you on the team? Probably won't be playing or dressing out because these guys are, you know, they're yep. up and coming guys. I'm like, sure. cool, that's, that's fine. I didn't even play with the Raiders last year. I played about 10 plays a game. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's all good. Whatever you need, I'm, I'm here to serve. I'm here to make this team better, and, you know, mm-hmm. keep this thing afloat. You have no idea how much my heart would like burst into happiness. Oh my gosh. She was, <laughs> she was like devastated when you got, you know, when you went. So yeah. it was hard. It was, it was hard. But um, when I saw you at the field to table night, I was just like, Kate, I can't not say anything to him. I'm so sorry. <laughs> person. But then like we got to kick some field goals and that was a blast. And I just, I really appreciate your kindness and you're just, it was seriously just so kind the way 
you know, you were like, all right, let's let, I was like, yeah. how do I feel going? You're like, well, this is what I would do. I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, your daughter might be like, dad, <laughs> volleyball. This is something I'm like, you, you're, I you advice. tell me how to do anything. Right. <laughs> cool. Okay. That's sure. What I'm sure. Let's do it that way. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to yield back your time for the rest of your day. I know you yeah. guys have things on your plate with your family. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Awesome that you're so much, you're there for your kids and, yeah. and they're passionate about too. And I uh, just want to say thank you so much for joining the Pacific Northwest sure. podcast for episode. I three. enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. That was so much fun. It is so cool talking with KJ. Could he be like any nicer? I mean, could he be any nicer? He probably could be. And that's just like who he is as a person. I don't know. I feel like if he was any nicer, he would be just like a cube of sugar or something because he's just so sweet. Yeah. That's a good one. I mean, she hasn't even used that one on me. (laughs) I got, apparently I was saving it for KJ. Right. Apparently. (laughs) And you know what? I'm fine with that. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, this leads us to the end of this very special episode of the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We hope that you all enjoyed it. Yes. And that you, you know, this isn't the the normal episodes that we normally put out. So if you do want to tune in and hear all about the Seattle sports news that's happening for professional sports here in Seattle, we did just drop episode 29 yesterday and it has all of your showdown lowdown content that you all enjoy your mailbag questions. Mm -hmm. But we did have to just drop this with all the news coming out. That's right. uh, Regarding KJ and potentially coming back to the Seahawks. He deserves a solitary episode. He is that great. He is that great. And we so appreciated him taking the time to talk with us and and make make this happen with his schedule and everything. It's just it was so generous. So thank you so much, KJ. Thank you, KJ. And for for all of you, (laughs) for all of you, CFAM, we want you to remember to (laughs) always take care of your heart and mind above all else. Until next time. Hey, Michaela. Yeah. So that was really fun. It was. That was like pretty fun. Okay. So um, we had KJ Ray on for episode 30. We've had some other amazing athletes on. Mm -hmm. Shelby Harris, Marcus Trufant, Brad Tucker, Mm -hmm. Allie Watt. Yep. We've had some great names on. Moving forward, right? I mean, we're like 
I don't know, six months into this. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So who do you want, who do you want to see? Or, or maybe like what kind of vibe do you want to see for other guests that we can hopefully get on the show? I, and I know that this would be close to impossible, but never say never. Never say never. Sue Bird. Oh, that would be okay. dope. I, the goat of Seattle. I would, yeah. Of Seattle sports. The goat of Seattle sports. Yeah. Sue Bird. Marshawn Lynch. Again. Uh, yeah. Those are like. That's like, those are like our dream come true. KJ was a dream come true for well, me too. Yeah. But yes. Sue Bird, Marshawn okay. Lynch. I can only imagine how awesome those episodes would be. Yeah. For sure. It would. I, I, I hear you on those. I yep. think that's great. I will, uh, I, you know, you know, I always say yes to Marshawn Lynch for like kind of any, any prospect there. I think for me, if I were to be asked that same question, which I wasn't, but I'm going to answer it anyway, because that's what <laughs> so I do. So sorry. What about you? That's, oh, thank you. Oh, what about yeah. me? Oh, yeah. What okay. about you? Um, you know, I think, uh, I would love to get in on some interviews with some of the, some of the folks that maybe, maybe we don't know as much about, maybe some. OL Rain players, maybe some Storm players, maybe some of our Sounders players. Sounders. Go for another Seawolves here or there. Um, There's a lot of athletes in Seattle that obviously I mean, we have yeah. yet to tap into. So I mean, we've gotten we've gotten athletes from three of the three of the seven teams so mm -hmm. far. So I just feel like it'd be fun to try to reach out Let's to some expand. of those other ones too. Yeah, exactly. And hey, CFM, if you have any ideas or suggestions, oh, well, you got contact. We had Dave Sims from the Mariners. Yeah, so that Dave was Sims. that was a little that was a little Mariners. Game. Okay, so we'll go four, yeah, four ish out of the seven. But if you have any ideas, any contacts you want to hook us up with, you feel free to <laughs> let us know, and we will make it happen for you. Have All a right. have a great rest of your week, everybody. Bye.